Good evening. What can we look at this evening? Star six to unmute. This is Tim. Tim. Yeah, um, I've been uh, looking at uh, a lot of the, just a lot of the stuff um, from the um, Best Year Yet workshop, and um, something that really resonated with me was uh, I listen a lot back to the the morning radio shows, uh, and uh, that's actually where I do a lot of recording and listening as well. Um, but one thing that, that came up, I think it was about a week ago, was a discussion between Sherry and a caller around um, when I feel connected and um, one with life, uh, there's a process that happens where ego will come in and say, that's great, let's, let's get stuff done. And, uh, and I'll say, yeah, let's get stuff done. And it really feels like um, I'm not identified <laughs> at that point. Um, so th- this is something I kind of came up in the call, and uh, it really brought it to my attention, and I really um, uh, could identify with it. Huh. So it's a familiar process for you that there's a feeling of being here, of being connected, of being one with life, and watching the voice attempt to pull you into doing from that place, but that doing feels very much uh, present. It doesn't feel like it's being. It's something that's drawing you, drawing you away from present. Right. Yeah. It. Um, it just feels um, feels very natural. I guess uh, the one thing that that stands out to me um, that's come up several times in the workshop is sort of this theme of I'm. I'm not defined by what I do, mm-hmm. and um, and I've heard and I've heard that in the past, and I'm sure I've said it to people in the past. But there's something so um, intimate about that belief that um, it, it was really powerful to see um, something that I do all the time, which is. Uh-huh take that that connection that awareness and then kind of turn to ego or you know ego comes in for guidance like this is what we need to do with this energy you know Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah uh Mm -hmm. so it was really kind of you know for me uh, some of these moments are shocking to to hear somebody else you know call in and express what's happening with me and um Mm -hmm. and to really uh it, it was just profound, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think what you're pointing to is the reason why we, part, we practice as a sangha, right? Because all of our, if we had to talk about all of our processes, we'll never get to the end of it. But right. everyone talks about the same process, right? Because ego operates in the same process context, even if the specifics might be different. And so there's a way in which, you're truly disidentified when someone else is talking about your process. You can actually see it so clearly. And you can see the intimate belief that was operating, right, that what I do is who I am, and actually that's not true. Who I am is who I am, <laughs> and it's not actually dependent on what I do. And, right. and then to see the connection, to see the moment at which 
being gets taken over by the process of doing whereby your worth is established. Yes. And so one way that I've been practicing with that is, um, uh, you know, what had come up was um, I had some time to myself and, um, and uh, so thoughts came up about what to do with that time. And other thoughts came up with, uh, you know, kind of with this revelation, oh, you're just, you know, anything you do is going to be ego-driven. But so what happened was I just grabbed a cushion. I, I had my cushion in the bedroom, and I sat. And I said, um, okay, I'm, I need life to direct me, and I'm not going to leave the cushion until it does. And uh, it was really what what kind of what kind of um, happened with that. Um, what dropped in around that was pretty amazing. It was just um, it was what dropped in was just kind of this notion about um, becoming curious about things as opposed to mm-hmm. accomplishing things. I guess is the mm-hmm. best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I, I don't know. That was just, it was a really, um, it was just a profound experience to mm-hmm. to ask for guidance and to get it. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, and really paying yeah. attention, right, Tim, that you were already guided. The awareness was aware that the voice was driving, was being, was a still voice. And the guidance was to sit on the cushion. That was the first piece of guidance. You were already guided. Right, yeah. That's true. Right? Thank you for repeating that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so and there's a way of, of of our practice of listening to and recording about our process allows us to be aware of when we're in it. And and that being aware is the opening to the information that's coming through that sit on the cushion and wait for guidance. I'm in the process of guidance, and therefore I receive it. And it is yeah. profound. It's a great practice, success on many levels. Because one, you, you noticed your process. Two, you didn't go with it. Three, you received information. And four, you get to see that you were guided throughout, throughout the process. There wasn't a place in that process where life wasn't on your side. Yeah, and it, I think that it really... Um I guess change the whole tone um, of of, uh, of of then when I got off the cushion to do something, it was in, with the mind of of um, curiosity about how mm-hmm. you know being curious about whatever I was doing. Right? It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter yeah. what I was doing, but but having the mindset of curiosity versus. I'm a good person if I get X done mm-hmm. or Y done. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was I quite do. a different experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the difference being, this is simply. I mean, we use so many labels to describe the process we're in, right? But really, mm-hmm. what what the attention was on is in a in a state of being, which is curiosity, curious as opposed to an ego identification, which is always a state of being driven or being controlled. Right. It feels different. Oh, yeah. 
being being feels different from identification. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, Tim, is that background noise that are you hearing something? Uh, I am hearing something. I'm gonna hold on. Let me see if I can. Uh... If every if someone other than Tim is unmuted, would you please mute yourself? Thank you. Yeah, I think is that better? You're much better. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's I just feel a lot of gratitude for there's there's just so many things that I'm seeing uh in the workshop that uh there's like no shortage of things to record about. I just feel <laughs> like with with every call I find myself stopping and, you know, going, oh, my God, that's, yeah, there's, I don't know, there's just a lot there. So I'm grateful mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, and and really grateful for the practitioner who's enthusiastic about doing that and willing to do that and filled with the insight and then applica- applying that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think you know, although I've been doing this practice for a while, um, it's, Feel it's it's kind of fallen in with that themes of new new beginnings. It feels like uh, new information, though I might have heard mm-hmm. it before. It's mm-hmm. uh, the person who is here receiving it. Uh, it, it just feels different. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely, and it's it's sort of why we started doing it along. Right, there's nothing like having a focus to show up for every single day. And it means yes. practicing every single day, and therefore the richness of that um, wholeheartedness and participation is available to us. Yes, yes. Yeah, probably not an accident that the insights would come then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, so thank you. Thanks, Tim. Okay, bye. This is Kelly. Um. The other day on a, a call I was listening to, you made reference. It was a, a discussion was about uh, karma, and you kept using the phrase uh, "karma hiding in plain sight." And uh-huh. I found that I found that so helpful because I was looking at the at the subpersonalities, and I wasn't I wasn't figuring out I wasn't figuring out I was trying to figure out you know sort of what well, what is that pointing to in terms of karma. And um, and when you use the expression hiding in plain sight, I just thought, well, it's 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 right there in plain sight, and you know it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes, yeah. So the the two sub personalities that that sort of emerged were one that uh, the name dropped in was before it was entitled. Mm-hmm. It had to do with being uh, entitled not to. Uh, have bad things happen to me, mm-hmm. and the other uh, part of the other side of the duality of that was trapped, mm-hmm. which is um, if things do happen, then I have no options. I'm just stuck. And mm-hmm. somehow, uh, I was having trouble with the notion of karma. And then when I looked at it, and I thought, well, both of those things describe a um, a, a being that is a, a sort of an entity that's being acted upon. Uh, mm-hmm. sort of helplessly and hopelessly by outside forces. And I would never have phrased it that way. Um, but then when I just looked at, essentially, in a way, the surface of it, hiding in plain sight, I thought, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the, there was the ability to see the detail, but not the, the context, 
and in yeah. stepping back and looking for what is what is it that would describe both these things that is in plain sight, what dropped in for you is to being being acted upon, being controlled by forces, and that feeling choicelessness I project. Feeling what? Choicelessness. Yeah, 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 yes. And that, and it's all about separation. You know that that there are these there's this sort of uh, being that is that is just there being acted upon, either uh, in the sense of being protected or <clears throat> taken care of, or in the sense of being trapped and um and I, you know i would never i don't i i don't i don't think of myself that way at all so mm-hmm. the other thing that was so great about it was um it's been great about actually the whole exercise and the and the subpersonalities and all that is that they are shedding light on some deep-seated stuff that i had no clue was there because mm-hmm. i see myself as pretty much uh you know a doer and, an, you know, and a, a person who sort of has agency, as we might say. And, and uh, so I would never have seen myself in that kind of um, uh, sort of uh, helpless, passive place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. seeing it, it's been very, very enlightening and, um, and, uh, and energizing. Mm-hmm. It's enlightening and energizing because it's, a couple of things that you said, Penny, that was so interesting, right, that we we really have to train ourselves to see conditioned mind and when it's so hard to see. And I think that what you're pointing out is that we don't experience ourselves as because we identify with it is that we are being controlled by our conditioning, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's really what you saw, that there was, even though the experience of the identification was was agency, it, it, that itself as being as, as a, an aspect of ego that was controlling, it, it, it's really hard to see. And then when we step back and see it, it, is, it releases a whole bunch of energy. It makes sense of something that we never saw before. Yes. And, and what was just so fun was that it, it's not looking at ego through ego, Ego becomes so very obvious. Yeah, yeah. Not looking at ego through ego makes ego obvious. Yeah. Until then, we can't see it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Anne. Anne. Hey. Um, well, I've been looking, uh, as I'm sure everybody else has been looking at control, given the theme of the um, the month. And um, I've, I'm having the same experience where I feel like I'm seeing all these new things, um, things I've never seen before, and yet, you know, they're just all, uh, I don't know, things probably that have been talked about since I first started practice. But one of the mm-hmm. things I was looking at in terms of control is, what a um, the origin of it being in childhood, where there's this um, ingrained belief, or we're conditioned to believe that if I am just if I just act the right way, if I just be the right person, then everything will be okay. Then I can control what's going on in my environment. Mhm. Mhm. It's so. Um 
incestuous almost, and because the 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 way you're controlled is is to, to that you, we would be what we start to watch ourselves, right? So our experience yeah. is I do X and I get Y, and so in order to get Y, I have to do X or be X, right? And that's the programming that gets put into place, and instead of um, you know doing that. It being present and being aware of what might be appropriate, the program just runs us up to a point. Yeah. So in order to be in control of my environment, I have to act a certain way, and pretty soon the programming controls me. No matter what the environment is, I end up assuming that the programming or the belief is, uh, is correct. I never question it anymore. Right, and of course it doesn't work, but we can't see that because we're inside of it. I mean, that was just so, yes. you know, what like was just said, if I'm within ego, I can't see ego. And the other thing I was seeing as um, someone was talking was when I'm there trying so hard, um, let's see, um, being controlled by conditioning, trying to be who I need to be, you know, inside of that system, there's no space for curiosity either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's closed. That when you're inside attempting so hard to do what ego is saying you should be doing, there's no other option other than do X in order to get Y. So you can't actually explore it because it's not available. Yeah. Curiosity is not available within the system. Yeah. Yeah, the belief is, you know, if I'm a good person, whatever that means, whatever good person means within my conditioned system, then bad things won't happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. Yes, it's completely conditional, right? That that is really the root cause of our suffering is our our inherent belief that our happiness and well-being is is dependent on external factors. It gets put in very, very early. And so then yeah. the, the, the proof of the, the, the reason we can't actually see outside of it is because of self-hate, right? So as soon as you are a good person and you don't get the result that you're hoping for, then it folds itself in, in, inside to say, and the reason is because there's something wrong with you. You should try harder or whatever it says to you in order to, to prevent curiosity from uh, being applied to the situation to see, well, I keep doing this and I keep getting this result that I'm, that I'm not expecting, maybe there's something wrong with that whole program. <laughs> yes, but it's, it, I'm just seeing in a new way um, how, how so difficult it is to step out of that. I mean, I think it's impossible without practice, right, but just to step out of that and say and question the system because it's like a fish. We don't even know we're in water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why it's helpful to to diagram the process as we do every month, yeah. right? So to step yeah. outside of it and see bits of it at least, which then allow us sufficient distance for the whole puzzle to click into place. Yeah, and it just feels like um, – Curiosity is such a huge part of it. You know, like, wow, what is going on here? Um, rather mm-hmm. than, oh, I need to try harder, rather than just doing more of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that curiosity becomes available. We, we diagram the process because the more we diagram the process, the more we're aware of the process, and the, therefore the less identified with it we are. Yeah. 
Yeah, Ashwini, I don't know if this is um, the case, if you can hear me okay, but you feel like you're you are talking underwater a little bit for me, and I it could be my connection, but I'm I'm well, done, I can, so thank you. I just, okay. Thank you. I heard I can hear you really clearly, Anne. So if okay, anyone else good. can't hear me, can you just unmute and let me know? Okay. Thank you, Ashwini. <laughs> Thanks, Anne. This is Phil. Phil. Um, to answer that question, you get garbled every once in a while. That's, that's all. Most of the time, you're very clear. Okay, let me see if I can switch my mode here. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's try this. Okay, sounds good right now. You know, this is along those same lines um, and that you were just having, well, in following in all those conversations. But um, what I was looking at is that Okay, so um, I want to, you know, so that say the desire of my heart is to be here with life um, more than anything, right? And then, um, and then the rest of that sentence could be rather than being all wrapped up in a piece of conditioning's content. And I, I was, I'm seeing how. Uh, and this is nothing new either, but now the content is uh, the distraction that would, that actually looks like it's what what part of, you know, life, all right, this is happening or whatever, or I'm supposed to be doing this or whatever, that the the content itself, not so much the content itself, of course, but the, 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 the what the mind, you know, the thoughts, everything about the content is what um, is keeping me from seeing um, that you know that that well that life's here right now and I'm here uh-huh. in life. So, so can you give me an ex- example? So what I was looking at during this retreat is, uh, you know, of course, how conditioning controls me, and I'm just seeing so many different ways. But the one I took to really look at would be like um, uh, being here, uh, let's see, I should say it, uh, having, you know, going with the voices that would say, um, uh, oh, I just just one more minute, or you know, in a minute, or okay, I'll I'll uh, you know have a set time where I'm showing to say this. So there's a time that I put, like say, on my schedule to do something, go from one thing to the other, and um, and that I would have been using this uh, one particular one particularly as uh, you know life's call to move on, and um, so I can. I, and as I do that, I still feel the the urge to continue doing what I'm doing instead of stopping, saying, and getting ready for bed, or or stopping and doing the next thing, and. Uh-huh. Um, so if I try to, and I guess it would be fix the content or um, 
even even just maybe keep looking at the content too long instead of explore and i mean in in a not in a way of like exploring the content i think that that when we started learning inquiry and exploration that changed the whole thing of looking at the content as process rather than just being um in a sense caught in the content and trying to see how to get out of it does that make sense <laughs> i think so so in so in this example you you have a transition point and when the transition point arrives you hear the voice in your head saying something like in a minute or two or whatever and what mm-hmm. you're noticing is if i attempt to transcend uh transcend that by changing changing that by looking at okay so how do i make sure that i get to bed when the transition is up rather than seeing the process what it is which is that voice is just attempting to distract me from the attention my intention which is to be here then there's a way in which you have you're in awareness rather than being dragged into the content yeah or yeah I'm making myself do it because i'm supposed to and or wow. or yeah any anything like that, that that would not be in the in the present and cuz what i've noticed is in this uh, as this uh you know we focus has gone on that um it's not a problem at all to just stop and do the next thing if when i'm my focus is more on uh i want to say it well it's just not on the content uh-huh. in other words it's it's kind of like not making it a contest which we've known from uh-huh. forever you know yes so so what you're noticing is that the, there's a subtle place of control there as soon as it becomes a should as soon as it becomes a contest then getting yourself to bed becomes what you should do not what you want to do right and when that happens all the different uh you know players i've noticed there were many of the aspects you know come up and have their piece about depending either maybe a lot of them at once or maybe just they take turns or whatever <laughs> on how i'm going to just you know ride this out and not do mm-hmm. it on time or whatever you know it's just amazing yes. to watch yeah it sounds like what we often say right if you're a good person because you're afraid not to be one then you're afraid you're not good and so that's <laughs> that's what we're pointing to here right if i if my inten- the intention of my heart is to do this and to be present then i'm going to do it from that place not from the place of getting identified with someone who should do it because the right that's the right person thing to do right or or the one that would just say well you know just this time's all right or you know uh-huh. whatever they have to yeah, say whatever. and mm-hmm. yeah and and i and for for me i think the the that what we're it's it, um the words even to make a difference of uh, the exploration or the inquiry or the curiosity of what's going on you know rather than maybe just looking at it because i've looked at it for years and right. um and i think i finally caught up with you the in what oh, you were saying okay <laughs> that <laughs> okay. which is that i'm i'm curious about why i'm not going to bed or why that conversation says one more minute or how 
I'm getting talked out of this place. And as soon as I'm in that place of curiosity, I'm not in the place of just looking at something, which, which sounds like an ego looking at an ego process rather than life looking at an ego process. And that curiosity assisting us to be, to our, to, to be our intention, which is I want to be here. So if I'm here, I'm curious about what's going on. Yeah, and it it's goes back to that hidden in plain sight because uh, it just got really clear that, well, it's just taken me from life, which is all I want anyhow, you know, for from that place of presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's not about whether or not I go to bed on time. I realize, disidentified from it and not having to go into the content of it, that simply it's a process of distraction. And I, and I don't need to be distracted. Right. And a distraction in a different way that, that I could, that, you know, sometimes we even use the word distraction because it's, yes, it's the distraction for being, being present, which all their distractions are. But, you know, sometimes we think of them as just losing our focus or something. But, um, right. so but this we, is taking yeah. you from presence. It's grabbing your attention. Y- y- yeah, it's. And, and so I, I saw that with all the little movements of conditioning trying to control me is, uh, you know, is the, um, if I'm paying attention to that or, or just falling into it, I'm not available for what life possibly would be dropping in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, so when so. our attention goes to how the whatever it is that the voices say, then it's not here on awareness available for what life might drop in. Right, exactly. So, you know, it's just that these explorations we're doing are so, so, so helpful. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just... Uh, they yeah. reveal things at such subtle levels, right? Yeah, they kind of, they, yeah, they do. They get, the, as we're saying in the other conversations, it just creeps the, makes the, cl- it things so clear all of a sudden, um, uh, looking at it the way we're looking at these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, much gratitude to the practitioner, because I bet, mm-hmm. right, Phil, so it's, it's years of practice that allow us to look at this level of nuance. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Because one of the things that conditioning would uh, try to say is, um, uh, well, well, again, you know, it's that same old thing about oh, all these years of, of you know, not being able to get to bed on time and 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 uh, or having it be hard or a contest, and um, it's like, uh, yeah, but it's all those years of of paying attention to it that I think is making it so, helping it be so clear right now. So that's kind of what you probably Well, and then if you mean. apply what you're, what you're seeing, you would just go, really? Really? That's, yeah. Can I look at that with curiosity? What's up with that? Oh, it's just another conversation trying to get me to pay attention. Exactly. To it, to exactly. Tossing yeah. Up to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so easy to go to bed without all that going on. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you very much. Thanks, Sue. Mm-hmm. Margaret? Margaret. Hi, Ashwini. Um, well, 
I don't know exactly. I can hear voices talking. I you might be hearing my birds. They're they're oh. they're <laughs> away as if they also want to participate in groups. Well, great then. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm not sure exactly um, how to describe what I'm looking at, but um, it feels like I'm in a like. Last week I got some great, really helpful guidance from Sherry on the on the Saturday or Sunday. I mean, guidance and. After that, it felt it felt very freeing because one thing I took away from that was right. Everybody else is is trying to be good also, and they're trying to, you know. Um, and I could just drop that. I, I mean, I can drop that in the sense of I'm, I don't have to focus on trying to control anything. I could just be present and. Um, and see what happens. And it's felt very freeing. And even before that, I think, because of everything I've been doing, it feels like I'm in this very kind of a sweet undulation in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A sweet undulation because there's a lot of practice and a lot of insighting I'm projecting. And a, a lot, lot of, of, I think, a lot of surrender of things, too, that um, were completely unnecessary. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so it, I, I bet it feels a huge amount of relief that you don't have to control everybody else, right? Yeah, you don't have to yeah. Everyone. You yeah. don't have to be controlled, and nobody else needs to be either. Right. And what's been going on for me the last couple of days that I wanted to look at a little bit is that um, maybe a little content is helpful. Um, There's just a very contentious issue, life sort of threatening issue going on for my niece with her one-year-old baby. And it involves vaccines. And, And I... I'm sort of been the only family member to listen to her with an open mind about it and all. And and I've been very interested in that whole issue anyway. So I've read a lot about what's going on and so when she talks to me I just, you know, listen and I'm there and it, it feels fine to me, whatever she's saying really about it. Um and every now and then she asks what I think about it. And and then she brought up, you know, how difficult it is to communicate this to her parents, my sister and her husband. And um, all of us live very far from each other, <laughs> so it has to be done on phones and so forth. And and so she said that she just wanted her father to understand this um, and to even be open to what she's looking at around the issue. And I thought, oh, well, I know them. I'll just call them and <laughs> give them my sister. Mm. And, uh, you know, just tell them how important I think it is to their daughter that that they listen, that she just wants them to be there and to hear what's important to her about this. And 
it was so shocking to me, my brother-in-law's um, response, because it's kind of like um, if, if we'd been in the same room, normally I would have walked away. But in this case, he walked away by just sort of hanging up on me and leaving me talking with my sister. And, and I was just, and it didn't bother me. You know, it didn't bother me. It was like, wow, that's where he is, you know. He's just, mm-hmm. I could, it's just like there was this completely new acceptance of, well, I don't know exactly where he is, but it sure, sure, sure didn't want to, hear anything I had to say about any of it mm-hmm. and and it was okay with me really mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of a new place and then I had this wonderful talk with my sister about it who seems way more open I mean we didn't have anything we wanted to accomplish in the conversation necessarily whereas I think he did um, with me and and I just you know I just wanted them to watch something that my niece wanted them to watch. That was all. It was a program on, you know, TV. And anyway, it just it just showed me um, that I could just be there in a different way and not have to. Um, and, and and still not know, you know, not know um, that there was anything different to do or. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember going into it thinking that I didn't, I didn't expect what happened to happen, mm-hmm. or I might have written to them instead, um, mm-hmm. because it seemed like it got the it got him very agitated. For mm-hmm. well, a couple of things about that that I hear you say, right, Margaret? I, I, you, so let me ask a clarifying question: the Are you trying to reconcile the fact that you were shocked at how he reacted and that you were okay with it? Did that feel incongruous to you? It did feel a little bit incongruous to me that I felt okay at the, right. at him being so angry at me and yelling at me and then hanging up, kind of. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he tried well, not to. <laughs> I, know, mm-hmm. I know him yeah. pretty well, but he tried not to. But he doesn't right. have, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right, and uh, perhaps this goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation, right? There's yeah, a way in yeah. which it, when we we realize how controlled we are and how mm-hmm. I mean we're trying to do our best, and so we can project that that's what everyone else is doing. There's a tremendous amount of compassion that we can bring to anything, right? When yes, when that's people. Yeah, and there's a yeah. way in which. There's a way in which, you know, my way of saying it is that the, only the insecure need to be defended. If you had nothing going about it and you sincerely only wanted to give him some information because you cared so much for your niece, you gave him that information and his experience was his experience because there was no expectation that you needed him to do anything. You were not right. attempting to convince him. There wasn't an identification with someone who was looking for something from this person. Right. It does feel like stepping into a new letting go of those kinds of things, practicing with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's very helpful to be reflected about that. Thank you. Yeah, and then, really, and, um, then, and then because we're here, it's, there's a way in which what, what 
what um, perhaps what arose was appropriate, right? In, mm-hmm. in an energy surge in reaction to or in response to an energy surge. Mm-hmm. And we just leave it that, at that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I, um, something, I just lost something that came in, so I'm just quiet for a second because of that, but I don't know if it'll come back, but I just, uh, it felt like a very helpful experience to have of not being, um, oh, what do we call that? So, Wanting a certain out, wanting something from the that I didn't yeah. get, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That is it's what we're unconscious about most of the time when we go into any interaction, right? In our communication, we think we want, we we think we're going in there with no expectations, and then the expectation yeah. is revealed only when it's not met. Mm-hmm. Right. But in, in presence, there are no needs that we need to meet. Right. <laughs> it's so, I just love practice. I mean, this, this mm-hmm. level of practice is so helpful um, to be present to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, to and be to there. see that um, freedom from the conditioning, right? Because yeah. I it's very different for you because in previous uh, situations, conditioning would have run the show. And this feels mm-hmm. like a different place coming from, I project all the practice that you're doing and the this, this sweet place that you're in where there's a letting go of many things. Yeah. Yeah, and there, it just feels like there's no, it, it, there's just much less meaning attached and no need to take it personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. certainly sounds that way. No meaning attached and no need to take it personally. Yeah, I just was a messenger, and mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I I just loved where we are with the Krishnamurti quote about that too. Um, that experience of you know understand what is understanding when there's no without choice and condemnation, and yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's a uh, wow. It's so helpful. So, so much appreciation for practice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Gratitude. Yes. Thank you, Ashwini. Thanks, Margaret. Justin. Okay. Hey, Justin. Hey, Ashwini. Um, yeah, I've been looking at a process of actively controlling the attention off the meditation cushion. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Which That's has been an really interesting choice of words, Justin. Actively uh, controlling the c- Controlling might be a little strong. Maybe I just have the uh, feet on my mind. And active. Yes, directing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's been a super interesting exploration because I guess I just noticed a process where, I mean, I got to the point, yeah, where I could sit twice a day for 30 minutes and meditate and like. <laughs> not hate it and, and actually look forward to it at, at, and enjoy it at times. And then once I was kind of off the cushion, it was just kind of like, yippee. Like it just, yeah, the, the attention would collapse and I get, yeah, I just, I wouldn't be super aware. 
and I've, yeah, and I've like, I've kind of, I've realized, I think I've realized, um, but there needs to be like an active direction, an active way of directing the attention. And I've been kind of playing around with a couple different ways to do that, but it, it needs to be like a decision. It, it feels like for me in my experience, or it needs to be stated very clearly, like what I'm going to do. So if I'm going to make breakfast, I, I noticed if I say, I'm just going to make breakfast, I'm going to be in a conversation two minutes later about whatever. It, the, it seems like there needs to be like a counting of breaths or listening to a recording or just something what I, I know where, what I'm doing in my mind, if you're tracking mm-hmm. that. Yeah, well, it's why we say that the hardest thing to do is to um, redirect attention on the breath because there isn't something for the attention to rest. So while we're mm-hmm. training, we need training wheels, right, there, that, that we choose something like I choose unconditional love or I'm listening to a recording because off the cushion I need a structure, I, I need a structure to give conditioned mind something to do. Uh-huh. Right. Because we, we, we say this often, right, Justin, that we start on the cushion because actually it's the simplest way to learn to direct the attention. <laughs> right. And then, the more difficult is when you're doing walking meditation and then a higher degree of difficulty is when you're doing working meditation and the most difficult part, difficult meditation to do is interaction with other human beings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely see that progression. I mean, yeah, like just a question for you. So like if I am going to make breakfast, um, I mean, yeah, do you, yeah, do you have guidance on, like, where, you know, so I'm, I'm approaching making breakfast. Like, do you have guidance on maybe where I want the attention, like what I can be doing with the attention during that process? Well, it's interesting. Yeah. There's so many ways to practice with it, Justin. So you could pick anything you want. It just depends on what you want to train with. Sure. Uh, and it's all a, a, it's all a process. And it's, it's, it's my experience is that, I train more with awareness than with attention mm. Mm. because it's, it's, uh, it's easier to have attention on awareness for me in a, tra- in a training sense than to direct the attention onto something. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you're driving, right, there's a conscious, consciousness of everything that's going. If you're paying attention, what you're really doing is having an expanded, expanded awareness. Mm-hmm. If you're paying attention as you're driving, like right. if you're actually there for it. Well, yes. That, and this is a little, it's, it's a little esoteric to have a conversation about, so you would want to try it and see. So you could do it this way. You could... Here's one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. So when you're going to make breakfast, you actually talk all the time as you're doing it so that you're here for what you're doing. So you would either talk into the recorder or, 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 um, or actually just say it. I'm walking, now I'm picking up the saucepan, and now I'm cracking the eggs, and I'm making some scrambled eggs, and, you, and I'm beating the egg. And, and when you're talking like that, you're not in your head. You're, pay, you're actually here for every single thing you're doing. You're talking from your presence. That's one way to train. Right. You could be listening to something, so your uh-huh. attention is on that, on whatever you're listening to, but in order to be present while you're listening to something, you have to have an expanded awareness. So when you're listening to, make, to something while you're making breakfast, you're actually learning to pay attention with an expanded awareness. 
R- right, because if I yeah, so if I'm tracking right, so I might go in and have a recording in my ear, but there needs to be an expanded awareness in order to still continue the process of making breakfast. So like I'm aware that the eggs are are cracking as that's, is that correct? That's right. Yes, right. So you can do it, you can ha- you can do it multiple ways and one simple way that I've trained myself is actually to talk myself talk about what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. So like I'm pouring the salt, I'm doing the pepper. This is Right. This is and and right. then do it presence, right? Because you could act you can watch yourself drift off talking about what you're doing and and not really registering that the salt has is white and the feel of the hand feel of your hand on the saucepan, right? Mhm. That the attention goes on talking and describing what you're doing rather than being present to what you're doing. So you just, you, I mean, there's such a fascinating exploration, all of the different ways that you can play with it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what, yeah, and that's I think what makes practice um, so fun. Yeah, 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 I do want to play with that. And, and, and just, you know, just add one more thing. Like when I did make breakfast this morning, you know, I had the attention on counting the breasts which, like, works for me in the morning. I don't know if it's, like, I'm more fresh, but I was actually, I feel like I was tapping into that expanded awareness that you were talking about um, and was able to stick, like, with counting counting the breaths, um, which is interesting, and it's good to hear you talk about expanded awareness, and it, and it also would be really fun to do kind of that talk aloud and bring you to that, to that presence. Yeah, well, because what, what we're really doing, right, Justin, is to pay, is, is noticing, it's mm-hmm. noticing what happens as I train in very specific ways. Mm. Am I expecting it to feel like it is on the cushion? Is uh-huh. there an orientation for an outcome? Uh, mm. when, I pay, when I train my attention in this way, what's the feeling? What's the process? And that's the reason why it's always an awareness practice because no matter how I'm learning to direct the attention, awareness is always aware. Uh-huh. Awareness is always aware regardless of how I'm learning to direct the attention. That's exactly right. And those are just words, right? Those are words <laughs> that I can say because I've had an experience and, and how you relate to that will depend on your experience from how you train with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. There are words so, and there's... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, I think just to answer the you know, first question, just pick somewhere you want to train, right? You want, sure. to, you want to be listening to your recording as you make breakfast and or you might want to be talking as you make your breakfast and then you'll see when you're paying attention what is being attended to. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it just becomes that, that exploration and noticing. <laughs> right. Not going for the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> good to good to be yeah, that's good. Mm. Okay. Keep it posted. That was yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, no, it was interesting. Thank you, Ashwini. Gotcha. Thanks, Justin. This is Steph. Steph. Hey. Um Ashwini, I this is probably a pretty basic question, but I find myself these days, um, I've been trying to avoid the news just because it's so unpleasant, but 
yet I want to stay informed and I want to be civic-minded and at least aware of what's going on. And I find myself um, getting absolutely enraged um, and just, you know, just disgusted and um, just with, you know, the leadership of this, of this country and, and everything that's going on. And I get really, really identified. And so I'm struggling with being properly civic-minded, and I want to make sure, you know, I'm aware and doing the right things, and yet I, I'm not sure how not to get identified when, when I'm, you know, reading this news and, and paying attention. Mm-hmm. So, Steph, would you say that you're very interested in not suffering? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So the, the, the wonderful thing about something like uh, the news, which causes us an intense level of identification, is that it brings us in, gives us the opportunity to explore it. So the objective is not to get this. It, it's not getting identified is not wrong if, identification is going to give you the most amount of information on how to stay disidentified. I'm not sure I follow. Well, so if I read the news and I get identified and I get enraged, and so my only choice is not to read the news, then I'm in a double bind between my desire to be civic-minded and my desire not to get enraged, right? So two bad choices. Because exactly. neither of them are going to assist you in achieving what you want because they're contradictory inherently, right? So Exactly. Uh, one has to, if, if we're interested in, in switching the orientation from I'm trying to read the news in order to be civic-minded and not get enraged to I'm here in, the process, in a workshop to wake up and end suffering, and what I'm doing here when I read the news is to pay attention to all of my beliefs, all of my assumptions, all of my projections, the identification and the process of suffering that I'm going to see while I read the news, then the news becomes the content and my attention becomes focused on my process. Ah, uh, uh, okay, that makes sense. Right? Because what so you the, want to it's be another free. workshop. The news is another yeah. workshop. Right. I want to be free. I want to be able to read the news and perhaps have a different experience than being enraged or be all right that I'm enraged because there's cause for, in, for being angry, <laughs> right? It's but legitimate, I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm not controlled right. by it because there's something going on in that process that causes suffering around which you're not free. So you're just in the I exploration see. of what that is. Right, because I'm automatically assuming that, or, or, or when I when I feel enraged, then I identify that with suffering. That doesn't mean, just because I'm enraged doesn't mean I have to suffer. Exactly. That just because you have a strong reaction doesn't mean you have to suffer. And you want to know what that suffering is. Is it because you shouldn't get enraged? Is it because certain behavior triggers certain conditioning that just you're reacting from? Really, what is going on for the human being in that situation? And there's no information. Mm-hmm. And without information, you're just required to go round and round that programming, right? Yes. 
Yes, so that makes it, sense. It, as a workshop, mm-hmm. there are no standards. You get enraged, and what you're doing is paying attention. What are the, belie- what are the voices saying? What are the beliefs here? What are the assumptions? You do the two-handed recording and really, really explore for this person what's going on for her around this whole thing. Okay. Yeah, I've been the two-handed recording is really working for me. So um, I, I, but I haven't really done it around the the news. So and my feelings right. around that. So that's perfect. Right, right, because who knows what we get in touch with as a consequence of that, and all of that uh, surface reaction is keeping something in place that you cannot see, you haven't touched, you don't know what it is. And that's getting triggered every single time this behavior is, is, is acted out. Right? Reading yeah. the news triggers something that you have, is not in your conscious awareness. Right. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, I don't know why it didn't click for me that, you know, I've been so successful with my recording, it's going really well, but why? I guess ego is preventing me from seeing, hey, do it for this. <laughs> Well, we don't, right? So, I mean, that's what we've been mm-hmm. talking about all night, which is mm-hmm. um, it seems so it seems so uh, uh, obvious in some places, but when we're in it, so much is not available to us, which is why we, right. you know, do group and listen to sangha and and um, ask questions so that there's a way in which you're reflected that allows you to see another possibility. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Steph. Thank you. Oh, and Sarah. uh, Before we we get off that topic, I think you might Mm -hmm. want to be on Sunday's workshop. It's where are you getting your news? Oh, okay. Fantastic. I saw the email come through, but I haven't read it yet. So perfect. That sounds great. All right. Sarah? Yeah, Sarah. Hi. Hi. Yeah, hi. I want to say hi. I, um, I, um, it's not. It's really nice to have these calls. I, um, I don't know. I, I just have this sense today that this is, this is very, very long. Uh, this is going to be a very <laughs> long, uh, silent, silent retreat here, and, um, you know, I was just feeling some, a little bit of sadness about not being able to go to center and. Um, you know, just a little sadness over losing that that for the mm-hmm. time being. And so it's yeah. nice that there's the virtual one. Yeah, some way to touch base and connect. Yeah, yeah. And I just, you know, wanted to echo what other people have said on the call, that, you know, it's so, it's, it's so surprising to me that um, when we accept the idea that there is no control over someone else's actions, um, how incredibly liberating it is and how, um, I don't know, how it feels like um, there's a lot of clarity that comes right right on the heels of that. Um, you know, until the, as long as the desire to control, to have a particular outcome is there, ego's, ego's so... I don't know, it's so enmeshed at that point, right, like mm-hmm. with things. But once and she sort of surrender to it, it's then 
then there's the opportunity to just see it as it is. Mm-hmm. Right, and the clarity is is on many levels, right, Sarah? When we when we surrender the notion of having control over that how I am affects someone else, or right. I'm going for certain uh, for certain outcome, and I can't actually make it happen. It clarity is I pro- I project the fact that we've seen it. The relief is in the, in, the, in the lack of effort, right? We, we stop efforting so much. But the clarity is the acceptance that I actually don't have control. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then you're in, it's almost as if you slipped into, well, I, I don't want to use the word reality, but you've, accept, you've slipped into the truth somehow. You're in That's the right. river of, exactly. of truth. Yes. It, you're with how it is. And so yeah. it feels clear because we're not struggling to, to maintain a reality, uh, maintain the truth or reality within quotes that isn't so, which makes it also confusing, right? And, and yeah, because you, yeah, you use. yeah, right, because you're really, I mean, it really feels like you've stepped into insanity once you, once you're trying to alter the facts and you're trying yeah, to, right. It, it doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't. It's right. never going to make sense. And then you're just—it's like quicksand. You're just mm-hmm. getting deeper and deeper into like a false reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you step into it, it is like quicksand because you're trying to unravel something that can't be unraveled. And the more you try, the more enmeshed you get. Because I'm not in that space where I have the clarity that it's a problem that can be solved, cannot be solved, right? I don't have right. control. I can't actually control what someone else is doing. So right. let's not try, <laughs> right? Right. And, and, and the other thing is that, and I don't know if they're related or not, but then, you know, just when you're being informed by life and you're being informed by awareness or truth or whatever it is, there's so much compassion for the the situation I'm looking at and for for everyone involved, and I just keep thinking in the last couple of days of what Sherry said several weeks ago about awareness and acceptance being the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah. right in that moment, there's so much, um, there's so much acceptance of, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's just astonishing to me. I, I it, it, I don't know how it came up related to my mother, and I have had such a internal struggle over my relationship with her, and and just feeling like I don't know for the first time in my life, just a sense of peace about it all, and just that I an acceptance that I'm never going to fully understand, and I'm I never had any control, and and it's still, and it's all okay. It's just all mm-hmm. okay, exactly as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we say it in those words because because there's no other word to describe the experience of acceptance other than compassion or okayness or being with, right? So if I give up that give up trying to understand or trying to control or expect a particular outcome, then I'm no longer in the process that's resisting what it is, what is. I'm in the process of being with what is. And it's a completely different experience. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing to hear you like you're reflecting it and just see it as just like well nothing's really changed and yet everything looks so different and 
And it's not that um, I get that picture, you know, that's in one of the books of the little duck, um, you know, sailing, going with the river instead of mm-hmm. upstream. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like, oh, it's so easy to glide with it all. If, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's all it takes is, is that shift of attention, right? Instead of, of being in the process that's resisting, I'm in the process that's accepting, and, and therefore I will feel the ease of it because I'm going with rather than going against. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just have to bring it to this present pandemic and just, you know, just the acceptance of this, who knows, who knows how long, who knows, and not try mm-hmm. to not try to predict anything so yeah well not try to predict be present to exactly that place you started us off which is a little bit of sadness that i can't go to center it doesn't have to be suffering right when it's just a registration of an aspect of experiencing life that you're not experiencing in the moment or can't experience i often Mm -hmm. say that when about when, when, when we experience somebody's death, is an aspect of you that is available with this person is no longer, you know, there to express it, to be expressed or experienced in the same way. It doesn't mean it's gone. It just means that expression is not available. Yeah, yeah. And it's very much like grief. It's very, it's so much like it. it. Just this sort of sense, yeah, yeah, of there's a thing that I love. And, and they can be small things and big things. And, you know, just, I was, I don't mean it sounds silly, but I was just like, boy, I miss the phenomena of being able to touch things in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Who would have known that that would be a thing that I would feel nostalgia for? But there it is, yeah. you know? It's just, yeah. Yeah. And and if we're doing it in awareness, there's a way of registering what that is rather than suffering, which is being pulled away from the moment of the experience to having a conversation about it, right, for it to become a story. Right, right, right. Well, there is also that question, as you say that, I wonder, like, is that, yeah, is, there is the danger that you're being pulled out of the present to be in this reverie of something that, you know, that's not there anymore. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Thank it's always you. good to pay attention, but but there is that yeah. direct experience that we can't. We do register because we're sentient, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is okay. Thank you. Was there more, Jan? Oh no, no, no. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sarah. Jan. Oh, sorry, I thought she was dead. <laughs> um, gosh, I've loved loved all all the sharing. Um, what I I've just been appreciating so much the what I've seen out of this month's focus of control mm-hmm. because it it um it's brought it <laughs> it's that continued looking and actually doing the assignments. <laughs> no matter how much resistance that's allowed me to see that standards, it's standards that cause me the greatest suffering, a belief Mm -hmm. in standards. And the one that seems to stand out and hold the most weight is fairness, which I know intellectually, fairness. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, I know intellectually that that is bogus. I mean, you know, what is 
fairness. It depends where you are in life. And so there's that. And But what I, the interesting part is seeing how that's supported by other aspects, seeing that there's a scorekeeper that keeps track of what is interpreted of fairness or not or the whole thing. And then in, in addition to that, there's an, a third part that is responsible for making sure that fairness is carried out. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that structure and sort of the teamwork that was involved, mm-hmm. um, it's just been so terrifically helpful because I've known each one of them existed to some extent, but in doing the exercises, I see how they work together. And mm-hmm. it's that dismantling that's allowed me to have much more freedom around that. There's still more to see, mm-hmm. I know that, but there's just so much more freedom in seeing how the system, at least those three parts, work to make this all so convincing mm-hmm. and the identification with it. Yeah. Well, several things you said right down at the beginning that there's so much resistance to doing the exercise and the refusal to be controlled by that to continue doing the exploration, right? So we reveal the first level of control and then to see the issue identified so clearly as being fairness and not stopping there but attempting to um, actually dismantle what fairness means in that conditioning that controls you and seeing how yeah. it's like we were talking about this penny that when we do the work and when we look at it and keep looking at it and attempt to label it and do the work, there are things we see that we've never seen before. And for you, you've seen it all of these different parts, but the structure of the various aspects of how fairness is maintained as an issue for you, it's just marvelous to see, right? Someone who keeps the score, someone who makes sure things are fair. Yeah, it's... it's, um, The structure is is really, really... It's fun. It's actually fascinating. Well, it is fascinating. And and I, I have fallen for the... Well, I've done that exercise before. You know, I mean, in past months and all that... I've fallen for that, and I, and but I keep hearing from sangha members, you know, and I and I do my best to keep up with doing the exercises, but sometimes I don't. But I'm seeing how critical, <laughs> just in this month alone, again, much more so, how critical it is to do all of it, to do all of it, because it's sort of like that's the game, and if I'm going to see the intricacies of the game and how it's played, and how I get taken or not have my freedom or not, that's what I've got to do. And, and it does. And then it becomes fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's the trick, I think, that you're pointing us to is to get past the resistance. Because I'm sorry, the I couldn't understand that. To well, get what? The, to get past the resistance, which is the ultimate uh, yes. Don't do right. it. You've done it before. However that shows up, to be, to be so clear that that is what's keeping us from what we really want, which is to see it and see it, see through it all. Yeah. Well, and there's also within that, I think after practicing for a long time, there's an assumption that, oh my gosh, I've seen so many amazing things. Um, at some level, there's this view that gets sort of sneaks in of there can't be that much more. When in fact, uh-huh. it, <laughs> um, there's always more. There's always more. And, uh, 
Yeah, well, I just, uh, I'm sure. Ego is a projection, right, Jan? Because if we think of what ego is, is it's a limiting function on life. Every yes. dimension and aspect of life is there's so much to see and so much that's revealed in every moment. I mean, we're trying to experience an identification with all that is. <laughs> yes. And, of course, the ego, the ego uh, perspective or projection is there's nothing to see. There's nothing more to see. Yeah. Very, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it's, it's especially, it's especially, yeah, I, I love it when it comes in, especially when I'm at that place of just marveling at what I've realized or what's been revealed, and it comes in right then. So it seems yeah. very innocent, right? It seems very yeah. believable. It, it, so. Anyway. Yes, it seems very innocuous, right? Because you're, you're in the experience of marveling. And it's what we were talking about with Tim. It's exact at that moment that that little thought, if the attention goes to that, then we're led down, led off down the garden path, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, terrific gratitude and uh, so grateful to be willing to do the practice. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Michael? Michael, we have a few minutes. Okay, great. I'll make it quick. Um, what I'm seeing uh, recently is that um, conditioning will point out something that's wrong. And um, I would always just believe it was wrong. And, um, and then it's, you know, it's the process of, you know, where am I getting the information from? Mm-hmm. And so it's like uh, conditioning paint something or someone is evil. And so what I've seen is, okay, who's doing the painting? How did this person get painted evil? And mm-hmm. so I've gotten much more interested in, you know, it's a version of, well, is that so? Or mm-hmm. how do you know that? And it's just such mm-hmm. a gift to be able to see that process in a way that I haven't seen it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's something we're starting to look at a lot, right, Michael, which is the movement from uh, b- being identified with the ego and in-conditioned mind to being identified with what's witnessing it. Yeah. Right? So so if you if you get if you step back and go where am I hearing it hearing that, even though the perspective has shifted what the identification is is with the awareness that's aware of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like like looking behind me of like, well, who said that? Who yeah. said that was wrong? Or you know, how do you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's it's very freeing, and um, which of course makes me very grateful for practice and these calls and uh, everything that's offered and all songs. Yes, it's freeing because you no longer believe it, right? You're in the yeah. process mm-hmm. of looking rather than believing it and experiencing what it feels like to believe what the voices say, to be the object of those voices. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, too. Thank you, everybody. Go happy. Thank you. Go happy.